Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello, hello to you today. Jan Elbert coming at you with some beautiful promises today and some encouragement from Psalm 37. You know, as we draw close to Easter, which is in just a few weeks, as I'm recording this in late March of 2022, it's it's like a, the one time of year when Christians really seem to think about eternity and all that Christ has given to us and just everything that he secured for us at the cross. It is, it is um, up front, front and center, foremost in our minds at this time of year. It's like we think about what our eternal reality will be in ways that, you know, honestly, sadly, don't come to mind as often as they should throughout the rest of the year. We have this renewed sense of hope. Spring is here and we are thinking about things with a look forward to with hope attitude. Our mentality shifts from winter to spring and we're we're leaning into the things of the Lord in fresh and expectant ways. And so here I am, ready to hit the ground running, kind of, as we kick off spring. Although I have to admit, it is the end of March, and I woke up today to a surprise snowfall. Yeah. Nevertheless, the snow is melting, and I can see the green grass sticking through the clumps of the heavy, wet snow. So, you know, even though snow hit here unexpectedly in spring, it is still spring. It's still a new season. It's a great time to share with you from one of my absolute favorite portions of Scripture, Psalm 37. Now, if you haven't read this psalm in a while, then I think you're in for a treat. I really do. And if, like me, it happens to be one of your favorites, like a go-to psalm, if you will, then you're also going to kind of want to be ready, ready to go. Like, you know, get ready to go for this episode because you are going to enjoy this. If Psalm 37 is a psalm you love, you are going to be blessed if it is not a psalm that you know very well or haven't read in quite some time. The next couple of episodes, we're just going to be looking at more hunks of scripture, promises from this specific psalm, because there's a lot here, like a wealth of promise and as we near Easter, promise and hope are they're kind of like watchwords, you know, like we're looking, we're looking for all the things that bring hope. We're looking for all the promises that God has made to us. Is that just not true? Aren't we at Easter looking for hope and just wanting to really know what are some of God's promises? Know that we actually are living, believing them and then receiving them. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of hope that Easter brings. We're looking for those things. So in this psalm, my prayer is that as you look, you will find. As you seek, you will find both of these hope and promises in overflowing, overwhelming abundance. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing on the Edify app. This is episode 101. 
Okay, Psalm 37 in the CSB, Christian Standard Bible, has this title. It is titled, Instruction in Wisdom. Okay, that's good. That's awesome. The Amplified has a longer title, and that's this, Security of Those Who Trust in the Lord and Insecurity of the Wicked. All right, that's very descriptive. Yeah, we have an idea from those two titles. We have an idea of what we're going to gain by reading this psalm. And don't, don't forget, don't be fooled, don't be duped. Reading your Bible is not something you do to be a good Christian. It's not something you do to, you know, have your daily quiet time and check it off your list. Oh, no, no, no. You gain so much from reading the Word of God. I'll tell you what, if I had to like boil down everything that has been changed in my life by, you know, 30 years or however long it's been since I've been in the kingdom, thank you, Jesus, about 30 years of reading my Bible every morning and having a Bible journal open before me and having time in prayer. And sometimes in the Bible journal, it is as simple as just writing out the verses that bless me. Nothing more. Writing out a prayer. Nothing more. It's not like I have to wax poetic in my Bible journal. You don't have to do that. If you're writing in your Bible journal in a totally different sounding kind of language, phraseology, because that seems more holy or Jesus-y to you, um, back that train up and just go back to basics and say, no, God wants me to talk to him in my own voice. I don't change and become somebody else. We've all met people like that. When they pray out loud, it's like everything changes. You're like, wow, that's not you. You know, you should talk to God in your own language. You don't have to pretty yourself up and pretend to be something that you're not. We don't want to be pious and we don't want to be religious. Certainly not when we're in our own individual time with the Lord, which should happen on a daily basis, right? And it should happen because we love him, not because we are, you know, checking something off or doing our Christian duty. You have great things in store for you that you will only receive. The gain will be great when you spend time in the word and in prayer every day. So I encourage you to have some kind of a Bible journal, but I don't encourage you to manufacture things to put in it. Write down a verse that blesses you. You know, you might write down why it blessed you, how it spoke to you. Write down what you think the Lord is speaking to you through these passages, what you're learning, how you're growing, answers to prayer, but write it in the same way that you, you know, that you'd have your normal walking around daily life language, if that makes sense. Like don't come to the Lord with pretenses or an affront or, you know, or fronting, I guess not an affront. It is kind of an affront to him when we come to him. Fronting is a better way to phrase that. Just come to him as you are because you are who he loves, not the prettied up version of yourself. And if your words, like literally the way you speak has to go switch over to King James language in order to pray. Oh man, just talk to God and be blessed and receive. The gain you get will be so worth the time you spend in the word of God and in prayer. And when you look back through those journals over the years, oh, the blessing is huge. You're going to see like, oh man, I remember when I prayed for that and God answered that prayer above and beyond what I ever could have dreamed. Oh my goodness. And you might really actually, this is the truth, have totally forgotten about it if you don't go back and check what you wrote down. But if you never write it down, you can never go back and see it. Ask me how I know. I've flipped back through at times looking for a certain thing in a certain Bible journal. I'm like, oh my goodness, I had forgotten I ever prayed for that. And look how God has answered. And um, I got to tell you, I think it brings him great delight when we can just rejoice and glory and praise him for what he has done. And if you don't document 
what you're asking him to do, and you are more likely to forget when he answers that specific thing that you asked him to do, especially if it's not like a long-term recurring prayer request, like you only prayed it like once, man, you are literally stealing glory that God could get. Think of it that way. Like he can get that glory when you look back and you thank him and you praise him and you share with somebody else, oh, look at this. Look what God did. Look what my God did for me. That's glory for the Lord that he doesn't get. It's like been stolen, snatched away if you never write it down. So there you go. There's my little... um man, that's like a little mini diatribe about why you need to have time with the Lord. Open your Bible, spend time in prayer, and write some stuff down. Absolutely do it. Okay, Um, so we have this description, instruction and wisdom, security of those who trust in the Lord, and insecurity of the wicked, and we're ready to grab hold of all of the kind of like the wisdom and the security that God has for us, and we're going to access it in Psalm 37 today. So, you know, I'm just going to say, like, over the last couple of years, I I got to be honest, these two years have made me ready, 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 Freddie, for all the wisdom that God wants to give me. And I would not say no to, like, a whole slew, a whole mess of security straight from the Lord's hand. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'll take that. I'll take wisdom. Yes, please. I'll take security. Oh, yes, please. Absolutely. Plus, there's, like, this extra info we're going to get about the insecurity of the wicked. So reading this psalm, like the whole thing, I'm talking about the all of the verses in Psalm 37, they that will you know, we're going to get that wisdom, we're going to get that our security, we're going to learn how God deals with the wicked and he does and he does and sometimes we just need to hang our head on that and say thank you Lord. There's a day coming when Satan and all his minions are going to be dealt with. Thank you Lord. Today, we're just going to look at two verses, verses 3 and 4. And first, I'm going to read from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB, and then I'm also going to read from the Amplified. CSB, Psalm 37, verses 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. All right, here it is in the Amplified. Trust, rely on. And have confidence in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed securely on his faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. Now, I am going to read, um, I'm going to read the back end of verse four from the Amplified. And I'm going to do my old trick that maybe some of you might be new listeners and haven't heard my old trick. But this is something the Lord showed me years and years ago, and it changed the way I, I believe God's word, okay? He just, just one day I felt like the Lord said, do you really believe what you just read? And it was a verse, a particular verse that had the word will in it, where God said he would do something. He used the word will. Do you really believe that? It just kind of sensed the Holy Spirit, like, just asking me a question. I was like, well, yeah, say it out loud then, Jan. Say it out loud and put some emphasis on that word will. And I did. And you know what? Oh, man, my belief exploded. Let me let me give you an example. I'm reading it. Say, I'm just going to give you an example of how it sounds, reading it to myself in my head as I read. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. Okay. Say it out loud. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. Yeah, there was a big change, like a shift that happened in that moment, and I've never looked back. And so what I do now is when I come across the word will 
in a promise in my Bible or all, will means will and all means all, I underline them twice. I double underscore two underlines. Um, I usually write them in my prayer journal and double underline them. And then I say it out loud and I put emphasis on will or all, whichever one might be the key like word I want to emphasize from that verse, from that promise. Okay, so um, try that. If you haven't done that, try that. And don't just listen to me do it. I mean, like you do it. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Uh, yeah, there's like a oomph there. That packs a punch and it's meant to. It's meant to. It's meant to pack a punch to the kingdom of darkness because this is a promise from God's word. It's meant to pack a punch in your faith life. You are meant to be a believing disciple of the Lord Jesus. And one of the best ways that I found in 30 years of walking with the Lord is to grow my, like my oomph, my faith, to be more faith filled is just simply to do what I just said. When I find a verse that has the word will in it, and there are so many promises that have this word will in them, I just say it out loud, double underline that word will, and really say it like I mean it. Think all the way back to your reading classes when you were a kid, when you would have your group go sit around the table and, and read out loud and how the teacher would guide you in your reading and to, you know, think about acting class and, and how you need to emphasize certain aspects of certain you know, certain verses. Think about even choir, how certain words are said like this and other ones like that. Like when you sing, you don't all end with an S or it sounds like a whole room of a bunch of S and, you know, you kind of cut that off and you drop it. You breathe at different times so that everybody can't hear you all take the same deep breath at the same time. These are techniques that benefited you and the whole group in the end outcome. If you will apply this technique to your your time with the Lord, your Bible study, yes, it will benefit you because your faith will grow. But you know what? When your faith grows and you are healthier, the whole body, the whole group benefits. So do this for yourself, for your own faith, for your family, for your local church, and for the big C all around the world church. Do it. Just try it and do it. And then, you know what? Uh, leave, um, leave me a message. If you review this, oh golly, I can't actually access all of my reviews everywhere that this podcast airs, but you could always, um, you could find me on my Jan Elbert author and podcaster Facebook page and leave a comment or a review. If you leave a review on Podbean, those comments I get right away. That's my host platform. Um, I can see them on Apple Podcasts. I would love to hear if you try this and, and just let me know. Let me know if it makes any sort of a difference at all, because I kind of feel like that Cajun Southern guy, I guarantee, I guarantee this will make a difference. So, all right. So you might already know that verse really well. You probably do, like kind of from automatic memory, because it's quoted a lot. And that's because it's an amazing verse. And it holds an amazing promise. But we're going to power through both verses. And then we're going to sort of level up on our belief today. Because we're, we're digging all the way into verse 3 and 4. And we're going to power up and level up. Okay? Because the power is, is, is we're getting is because this is what God has said. And so that's powerful right there. The God of the universe is speaking this to you today. You're listening to this. It's his word. He's speaking his word to you today. Now, I'm not saying my words are God's words. No, no, no. I would never say that. That's blasphemous and ridiculous. I am saying that when I quote the Bible, Psalm 37, 3 and 4, those particular verses, those are God's word to you and you're not hearing them by accident. So can you commit along with me today that you're going to just believe what's written in these verses and make a choice that you're not going to disbelieve. Choose against disbelief. And if you don't feel like you can make that as like a long-term rest of your life commitment, that level of belief, okay, 
then I'm going to ask you to do something else. Can you believe just for today? Okay, awesome, awesome. I'm sure you said, yeah, yeah, I can believe just for today, Jan. All right, so let's go. Let's get it. Verse four, trust in the Lord. Trust, rely on, and have confidence in the Lord. Notice how God does not tell us to do good. You know, he doesn't say, just do good. Now, that it, those words are in this verse, but he doesn't just outright say, do good, just be better, just do better, come on already. Um, anybody ever have parents that followed the just be good, just do better model of parenting? Did that work real well? Like, probably not, because it's really difficult to just, in our flesh, in the limited strength that we have as human beings, to just be good, just do better, based on our own willpower. Willpower, it falls short a lot, like almost every single time. But Holy Spirit power, no, no, that never, ever falls short, no matter what, no, not ever. So God doesn't start with, hey, Jan, be good. Do better, Jan. Uh, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you start with this. Trust me. Hey, Jan, trust me. Trust in me, in my ways, in my character, in my faithfulness, in my holiness, and in my mercy. Rely on me and have confidence in me. And then, Jan, once you're really trusting in me and in all my ways, then you are able to do what is good. You see, we, we're to trust in the Lord and do good. We're to trust in the Lord and do good. Not to do good on our own, in our own limited and very, very all too human strength. The good we do in this world stems directly from the God in whom we trust. I'm going to say that again. The good we do in this world as Christians, it stems directly from the God in whom we trust. The more trust we have in our trustworthy God, the more good we are able to do. Does that take the pressure off a bit? I'm, I hope so, because this, this is a powerful powerful promise right here. And never forget God's promises. They are for his people, his children. He means for us to believe them, to live our lives based on the reality of his promises to us actually happening and coming to fruition. That's how he wants us to live. He intends for us to live that way, not just here and there, willy-nilly, sometimes or on occasion, all the time, every day. We can live in the reality of his promises. That's the first part of verse three. And honestly, just with that much alone, we've already been given such an incredible promise. Our hope should already be building and increasing just based on the first part of verse three. I get excited when I see God's word opening the way before before us, because what it's doing is it's opening the way for real life change. God's word is life-changing, and we should never, ever take that for granted. We should expect it to continue to bring about life change, not just in new believers, new people who come into the kingdom and have that fresh fire. You know, they are on fire for Jesus. For every one of us, I don't care if you're 99 and you've been a Christian since you were, you know, three years old. Like, I'm serious. You should still expect life change because it is life-changing. I'm not being Pollyanna-ish about this either. I'm not. This here, this right here, what we're doing today, this is life-changing. God's word still works to change lives. Why shouldn't one of those lives be yours? Why not, right? And why shouldn't the word of God, the promises of God, change our lives again and again and again for the better? This is such a strongly held belief on my part. It is really why I do what I do. When I write a book, I believe this. If I write a Bible study, I believe this. If it's a blog post, I believe this. If it's a video I do in my prayer retreat group, my online group, I believe this. If it's a YouTube video, I believe this. Podcast, I believe, I really do 
believe this. It's why I do what I do. I hope that you believe this, my friend, because I'm telling you, God wants you to believe that what he has promised you in the Bible is for you. It is yours. Your enemy, that's the one who wants you to not believe it. And you know what? He is not to be trusted and he is not to be listened to. Okay, second part of verse three of Psalm 37. Dwell in the land and live securely. Feed securely on his faithfulness. I just put together the CSB and the Amplified both. Uh, Dwell in the land and live securely, Christian Standard Bible. Feed securely on his faithfulness. That's the Amplified. You and I, we get to dwell in the land and live securely. We can feed securely on our God's faithfulness. What feeds you? The news? Social media? Fears? You know, real security is not found in riches. It's not found in wealth. It's not in your work title or your position. It's not in podcast download numbers. It is found in the faithfulness of my God to me, of your God to you. And is he not always eternally faithful? He is and he cannot be less. Dwell there. Dwell there. So what do I mean by that? What do I mean by dwell there? Look, that's home. That's home. The reality of who your God is, that's home. That's where we live, you and I. We live in the sweet spot of life where we trust in our Lord. We fully rely on him. Our total confidence is in him alone. And right there, when we dwell there, we are secure. You can't add any more to our security since it's already filled to the full in Christ Jesus. Dwell there. Live there. Know that. That doesn't mean you do this perfectly all day, every day. I'm not seeking perfection or religiosity or uh, look how good I did today on my checklist of all things spiritual. No, no. I'm talking about in the real world with its temptations, which will come, but God has promised he is faithful and he will make a way out for you. Just seek him, right? I'm talking about in the reality of the world that we live in. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Dwell much with Jesus. Remind yourself and remind others you are already as secure as you can be. Your God is faithful to you. Your God is faithful to you. Let your security be fully in your God. Live there and expect his peace to surpass all understanding. Expect it. Believe for it. Dwell in the security of the Lord God Almighty. And you will find yourself living a very secure very secure life. Verse four from the Christian Standard Bible. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. This is such a simple, straightforward promise that, you know, it's so simple. It's so straightforward. Honestly, we can struggle to believe it. Seems too easy. Seems too good to be true. But you know what? Isn't that what the world tells us? If it's too good to be true, it is. Not with God. That seems too easy. That that can't be all there is to it. There must be some trick later, you know, like, uh-uh, not with our God. If he says it, he means it. That's it. Like, you know, that's it. I just take delight in God and he will give me my heart's desires. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually what it says. See, you've heard this before. You've heard this before, but let me say it again anyway. Your delight in him will flood your life. It will flood your thinking and your feeling, like the way you feel about things, because the way you feel about things impacts the way that you live. The way you think is the way that you live. The way you feel is also the way that you live. Your, de- your delight in God will flood in and impact your thinking and your feeling, your emotions, your behavior, all of it. Delighting in him, it leaves little to no room for delighting in self. You know, delighting in the big three from First John, the lust of the flesh, 
the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, when we delight in those things, uh, if we kid ourselves and we say, um, yeah, I delight in the Lord, but really we're, we've got that lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life going on. That's actually delighting in yourself when you, when you have those things going on. And it's kind of got to be, you got to turn that on its head and say, I don't want to do that. Uh, maybe I do want to do that, but I want to not want to do that. I want to delight in the Lord. Look, if we kid ourselves and say we're delighting in the Lord, but really, um, it's just this lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride. Well, that's not a total giving over to him. There's not room for those big three, the big three from first John, when all the room is consumed by the Lord. There's not room for the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life when all of the room is already consumed by the Lord. What do you make room for? Delighting yourself in him, enjoying his presence, loving your time with him in prayer. And even if prayer is a struggle for you right now, you can grow to love it. It's time with your father, your God who loves you, your God who wants to hear from you, your God who wants to answer your prayers and show up on your behalf. You can learn to love that. You can love your time in the word, really making him the only thing that actually truly matters in your life. Well, that's delighting in him. So How could your heart's desires then be misaligned with his heart's desires if you really truly delight in him? They won't be. There won't, there'll be no mismatch. So yes, he can give you your heart's desires because your heart belongs to him. So you won't be wanting all the things that line up with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. You're not going to drool over that certain particular car. That's my dream car. It might be a brand new car. It might be an over the top ridiculous car. They only made you know, a hundred of in the whole history of the world, it might be a restored car. You won't be drooling over that car. Maybe you won't be drooling over that dream kitchen with that dream pantry that you saw on Pinterest or that dream office with the custom baby blue, you know, uh, built-ins or, you you know what I mean? Like, you won't have all this pride in the way because you like, my project at work, it turned out so great. Or look at my kids or sports achievements. I've got all this pride in them. It's going to be really difficult to continually feed the flesh when you continually delight yourself in the Lord. It's also important to remember that your flesh, it ain't going with you into eternity. So it don't care about that. Your flesh does not care about eternity or eternal things because it is not going with you. It is not going with you. You get a new body. This flesh that screams and screams so loudly to be satisfied, and it never is satisfied. It screams for it, but it is never satisfied. It's worse than the worst ever colicky baby. It screams for something that will never, never happen. It'll never occur, but it does not care about eternity. So the priority of the flesh is always right here, right now. That's why it screams. It's screaming for the right here. It's screaming for the right now. Think about it. Am I wrong? You know I'm not. You know I'm not if you just think about it for a second. It has no need to stop it screaming because this here life, that's all the flesh has got. So it's not going to stop screaming since this is it. It's a one and done for the flesh, which is why the New Testament tells us to crucify the flesh and all its evil desires. That's the word that's used in the New Testament. Crucify, not anesthetize. Kill it off. Finish it off. Don't rock it to sleep with a lullaby. I hope that brings a smidge more clarity about how to delight yourself in the Lord and then to believe that he is going to give you, give you what your heart desires. Right now, 
right now, my heart desires to have an expanded reach to talk about God's word, specifically his promises, and to write about prayer, to write about promises, to write about the huge benefits of daily Bible study time on a personal level. I do think that those are in line with God's heart, and so I'm expecting him to expand the reach I have in those areas. My speaking, my writing, my podcasting, what I share on social media or YouTube, or even on my Pinterest boards. Can I say that that was always what I wanted most? No, not if I'm honest, no. But dwelling much with Jesus, being much with my Lord has altered my life, which has impacted my number one wants. In the Amplified, verse four reads like this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires and petitions of your heart. Will, he will. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Petitions of your heart. You know, are there maybe some things that we will never, ever get in this life on this side of eternity unless we petition God for those things? You might think, well, I don't know about that, Jan. Well, I think it's very possible because the book of James in the New Testament tells us that, um, you know, we have not because we ask not. So we got to ask. We got to be askers. Jesus himself said, ask, seek, and knock. And then he had a promised response to each one of those. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. These are three levels of praying and the way of living that we actually can apply to our lives and should apply. Are you asking? What are you asking him for? Ask and you will receive, right? Seek and you will find. What are you seeking? Seek his things. Seek his will. Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all, all means all, all these things will be added unto you. Um, what about, what are you knocking? What doors are you knocking on? Knock and the door will be opened unto you. We've got to do it. Jesus said it. James said it. This is so very true so very often that we may never get some things because we haven't petitioned God for. What are you petitioning God for? Are you praying, asking him for the things that are in your heart? If you say want more income because you want to work less overtime so that you can spend more time with your spouse and kids, are you asking him for that? If um, I want a traditional publishing book deal, and I do, am I asking him for that? If you want your health to be improved so that you can dedicate more time and energy to your the local ministry that just has got your heart. I don't want to say your favorite local ministry. I want to say the local ministry that is just on your heart. Are you praying and petitioning God for that? The word petitions in Psalm 37 verse 4, it's not accidental. A petition can take some serious asking, some effort. You know, think about the door-to-door sign this petition efforts that you've that you've seen in the past. You've had those people come to your door, maybe you were part of them. You know, get to a million signatures or something like that. That takes a lot to get to the petitioning level where, you know, they've met their goal of a million signatures. It takes a lot to get that level of petitioning done and accomplished, right? So this is not a bullet prayer, an arrow prayer. You know, that's like a real quick, God, please help. That's fine. You know, you're, you're driving along, you're about to have a car accident, you can see it coming and you boom, that's the time for a bullet prayer and he will hear and he will answer. But that's not the same as a petition. This is like more dug in and dedicated. Are you dedicated in your praying, in your asking, in your petitioning? If not, Can I challenge you? Get dedicated. Get dedicated. Always expect God to answer. Absolutely. Always. And also, always be willing to go to the mat in prayer and petition. Both and, my friend. Both and, not either or. Always expect him to answer and always be willing to go to the mat and continuing to pray. Both and, not either or. Okay, next week, 
We are going to look at verses 5 through 8. We're going to dig into more of what God has promised to us in Psalm 37. It's so good. It's incredible. These promises from the Lord God of all creation, and he gives them to us, to us mere human beings. And all we have to do is believe. Can't we just do that? I mean, if all we have to do is believe, can't we just do the work of believing? Yes, we can. All that we might believe the word of God with a level of belief that would honor him. That's my prayer this week, that we will believe in honorable measures. Let's honor the Lord with our very lives. And one huge way to do that is to live a life of belief. Live a believing life this week, my friend. Hey, uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review of the podcast, that is super helpful for my reach and growth. And a review is not the same as like a rank you can hit that five-star button, which is awesome. I love that. That helps. But an actual written review is very helpful. And I know for some people, it's like, I don't know how to write a review. You can just say, love the podcast. It's a blessing. I learn more about God's promises. Even a little one-liner sentence like that. Um, you won't be sorry you listen. I mean, I'm trying not to, to hype myself up because it's not about me. It's like I said earlier, I want God to reach more people through my podcast around the world. And when I scroll through and see my global reach, It's amazing. Guys, seriously, there are places in the world where going to church is is not a reality. Christianity is so shut down in some places and people are listening to the podcast in those places and hopefully getting excited about the fact that God's promises are true for them too, even in their hard spots. You know, if you can just encourage somebody, and I feel like I do that, I try to do that, it's what God's called me to do, would you leave an actual, like, written review um, and and help be a part of that? Because it helps with the algorithms, helps with the reach, the podcast shows up in more searches, it just gets the Word of God into the ears of more people, like, around the world. Like, you doing that one thing, and you are helping other people on the other side of the world. Uh, you know, sometime I could share, like, it would take me a while to read through the list of countries around the world hearing the word of God. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, Okay. If you would do that, that would be so great. Um, And if you'd like to skip on over to Amazon and grab one of my books, my 60 day prayer journal for parents or the power of God's will, 40 days of God's promises, that's a devotional. They might be beneficial for your prayer time or just an encouragement in believing God's promises. You can just search my name Jan, middle initial L, last name Bert, B-U-R-T on Amazon, and it should show right up. Thank you so much. And Lord bless you this week as you continue to walk in belief and see the promises of God play out in your life in powerful, amazing ways. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. You can't stop him, so you might as well join him. All right. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Bert Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network now playing on the Edify app. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.